welcome to Isla's Employment Law Team blog. My name is Sam, I'm one of the partners in the employment team and today I'm joined by... My name is Danielle Victor, I'm a senior associate within the litigation and employment team. Well, 2020 has been a very difficult year and interesting to say the least, I think you'll agree Danielle. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously we've had the Covid pandemic that's still ongoing and that had a huge impact on all of us and today what we're really going to be focusing in on is Gibraltar business and the impact of the pandemic on, on our local companies. But the Government of Gibraltar did provide a great deal of assistance to local businesses, didn't it Danielle? Yeah, that's right. So the Government actually introduced some measures, um, more commonly known as the BEAT measures. And what they did was actually afford a bit of flexibility to employers so that they were able to pay their employees a fixed rate, um, which is actually the rate of minimum wage roughly. Um, and that gave them a bit of flexibility to be able to continue the running of the day-to-day -day business, even though there was not much operation going on because of lockdown. So we need to remember that we were in full lockdown with not much notice. Businesses had to almost close overnight and that meant that they weren't able to earn an income. So they obviously had their overheads, uh, one of the main ones being employee salaries. And the way the BEAT measures actually worked was that it paid by the government uh, an amount to the business, which they had to then pass on to their employees. So that was their salary paid roughly at minimum wage, um, which just gave them a little bit of wriggle room in terms of financial support for the initial period of lockdown. So the other thing that the BEAT measures actually did was uh, impose a prohibition on mm. terminations. Mm. And so from the 15th of March, employers weren't able to terminate unless they had approval from the Director of Employment. And I think what they had to prove there was that it was a non-COVID reason. So as long as they were able to prove that, they were able to terminate. Otherwise, there was an outright ban between the 15th of March until the 30th of June, which was the end of the relevant period. Hmm. And just to add there that we had some experience, didn't we, Danielle, yeah. of getting some terminations over the line with the ETB and they were very uh, strict on this point and employers had to produce uh, some hard evidence to show that it was a, a non-COVID related uh, termination. Yeah, we did actually have to um, tell our employee, employer customers that they weren't able to terminate in some of these cases mm. as well. Mm. Um, I mean, generally, the BEAT measures just provided everyone with a little bit more security mm. for a very unknown period and I think generally the hope was as well that once everything blew over and I think it was expected it might be earlier than it was in the end, mm. um, that by 30th of June, which is when the relevant period ended, we might be able to go back to normality and businesses would be unscathed um, because they were able to pay their employees and not actually terminate them. So, Danielle, what's the current position with respect to BEAT and the assistance from government? So, the relevant period, as I said, finished on the 30th of June. So, BEAT is not really relevant anymore. Mm -hmm. What came in its place instead was a new set of regulations. Uh, that set of regulations was called the Business Grant Terms Regulations. And that allowed businesses to claim a grant from the government. Mm -hmm. um, it was slightly different to the BEAT measures in that instead of receiving an amount that would be payable directly to the employee, it allowed the business to use the, the grant amount for its um, ordinary course of business uh, expenses and actually had to be used exclusively for that reason. 
So as from uh, July, and only for the first, sorry, for the third quarter, they were able to claim for July, August and September. Uh, so now it would have finished, but it is relevant still because there were certain restrictions included um, as part of the conditions to receive this grant. So in order to, to receive the grant and to comply with regulations, the businesses had to make sure that they complied with a few important uh, restrictions, one of which was that they're not allowed to pay bonuses, dividends um, or anything like that to their directors and shareholders. Um, they also had to make sure that the grant was used exclusively for the day-to-day -day running of the business. But really relevantly and important to our employee, employer clients at the moment is that they're not allowed to make any more than 30% of their staff um, total at 30th of June, so that's relevant, it's however many staff they had on 30th of June, they're not able to make any more than 30% of those employees um, redundant or, or terminate them generally. Can you tell us something about the mechanism for the repayment of the grant as a loan? Yeah, so the loan has to be paid over a maximum period of five years. Um, it also carries an interest rate of 6% per annum. Mm. So it is relevant for our clients to understand that the conditions are still relevant, even though the payment stopped you know, at the end of the, fourth, uh, the third quarter. Um, the, the restrictions are still in place until the 31st of March 2021. So if they don't comply with those, there is a risk that they'll have to repay the loan um, amount that they've received. Can you tell us a little bit about the mechanism for repayment of the grant as a loan? Yeah, so the loan would have to be paid over a period of five years maximum, but it also carries an interest rate of 6% per annum. So it is important for our clients to understand that they are still bound by these conditions and that they will be until the 31st of March 2021. Yeah, very interesting, Danielle. And in terms of terminations, can companies now freely terminate? As long as they've not um, benefited from any of the measures, whether it's the beat COVID measures or the grant, um, companies are completely free to terminate as usual. So those companies can do. Um, and as said before, any of the ones that did benefit from the grant would have to be limited to the 30% of their workforce um, as at the 30th of June 2020. Or there's the mechanism for the repayment. Exactly. And after March uh, the 31st 2021, they'll be able to make any terminations as usual in any event. Okay. But we have seen some quite a lot of terminations since these restrictions were lifted, haven't we? Yeah, we have. So unfortunately, I think Gibraltar, like, like lots of uh, jurisdictions, has been hit. Companies are struggling. And here in Gibraltar, I'd say we've seen um, a direct hit to the businesses who have suffered as a result of lower tourist numbers. So we've seen them making substantial numbers of redundancies. And also what I've seen of late are smaller businesses who are looking to tighten their belts. And so they're looking to make maybe one or two redundancies here or there to, see, to make sure they can stand steady for next year. Um, luckily, a lot of our clients are sticking in there and seeing what happens um, into next year. Um, but I would anticipate that we'll see more and more inevitably redundancies. So what would be the process if a company were to make a significant amount of terminations or redundancies specifically anyway? So there are, under our legislation and principally under the Employment Act, some specific 
Um, it's a specific framework for what's called a collective redundancy situation. So that is five or more redundancies uh, within a period of 90 days. Um, the legislation sets out this framework and tells us what the process is that has to be followed. So it looks at what companies have to do during the consultation period and what they need to consult on. Um, and it is difficult for companies who are under pressure financially to then realise they have to go through this 60-day consultation period and only then at the end of that can they give notice to terminate. And do you ever see compromise agreements being used in redundancy situations? Um, yes, we do see that and quite often I'd say really. Companies sometimes use them for instance when they are offering a voluntary redundancy. So those are people who come forward early on in the process. They volunteer to be made redundant and normally what happens is they receive an enhancement on top of their statutory redundancy payment. But of course, because there's an enhancement, we would tend to advise that companies consider using the compromise agreement that wraps up the terms of the agreement and ensures there's comfort on both sides, really. So thanks, Danielle. That was really interesting. We hope you found today uh, useful. And of course, if you do have any queries arising out of today, then give us a shout. Thanks very much. Thank you.